Companies that are not looking at mixed reality now are going to have big problems. Hi, I'm Duncan Pryor, digital transformation consultant and host of the Making Things Work podcast. I love looking for innovative and creative ways to make work better so that we can get the balance right in our lives and have seen how leadership and teams can accomplish that. In this podcast series, we meet a group of executive leaders to understand what leadership means to them and their approach to delivering transformation and change in the workplace so that teams achieve great things and people see their careers flourish. Today, we're talking to Marlo Brook, CEO and founder of Avatar Partners, whose mission is to simplify complex systems by increasing the efficiency, safety, and effectiveness of equipment, systems, and processes at the point of need. Avatar is a leader in mixed reality solutions, which we'll talk about today. Welcome, Marlo. Thank you so much, Duncan. It's a pleasure. What is your vision for the role that mixed reality solutions will play in helping people be more effective in their jobs in the coming years? Mixed reality will play a very significant role for certain jobs and certain companies. For example, companies that have a certain workforce type and industry type are already playing a significant role. And those companies that don't implement mixed reality could suffer greatly. For any company that has, in particular, workers performing tasks that are highly difficult or business critical and or these tasks are infrequently performed, mixed reality is a must-have now. You founded the company in 2003. Presumably Avatar has a foundation in this territory that predates the possibilities presented in 2020 and beyond with mixed reality. Absolutely. That's a really good point. We didn't start our company with the intention of getting into and using augmented reality because back then, really, virtual reality was much more mature at the time. However, augmented reality and mixed reality really provides opportunities, not just for gaming and entertainment and marketing purposes, but for actual real world business needs. For example, the benefits we've seen by implementing augmented reality, and in particular, when we inject that with the use of artificial intelligence, we get a tremendous amount of benefits. We're talking about the elimination of errors and the reduction of time on task by 30% or greater up to 75%, reduction in time to troubleshoot, the reduction in time to train. And it also allows novice workers to perform at the skill level several times higher than they would normally be able to perform, which is really critical today where you have a retiring workforce and less skilled people coming into the job market. So I think, yeah, this stage is a good chance to just take a step back and talk about the subject of mixed reality that we're talking about here, because it seems that the definitions are quite well established when you think about topics such as artificial intelligence and big data and predictive analytics. Those terms tend to get sort of bandied around and used quite loosely still. And I guess over time, those definitions will become much more clearer across the world. So could you just help us with the definitions of what virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality solutions, what we're talking about here? Absolutely. Extended reality is an all-encompassing term. It is a semantics thing. Okay. I think simply because it's a newer industry. Uh, the term extended reality came into mainstream about two to three years ago and encompasses all types of immersive reality, which include augmented reality, 
mixed reality, virtual reality, and beyond, even into spatial reality and holographic implementations. So mixed reality is where you have a combination of the best of virtual and augmented reality. So what I'll do is take a step back. And the real difference between the two is that augmented reality is where the person is staying in the real world and is using, in most cases, some type of a wearable piece of equipment in which they are seeing overlays onto objects in the real world around them, which allows us to stay in the real world while getting information that we normally wouldn't be able to have access to. Whereas in virtual reality, you have the same type of concept, but you're completely abstracted from the world around you. So you're really working in in a bubble and in non-reality, if you will. In virtual reality, it's a very controlled environment. And in augmented reality, you're not in a controlled environment because you're in the real world environment. Perhaps you can give us an example. For example, if you take a traditional manufacturing business or retail business, something like that, a solution that could be brought into that sort of workplace. Absolutely. There's several opportunities when you're talking about manufacturing and retail. The real question you want to ask is where is knowledge at the point of need necessary for somebody that's doing their task when they don't necessarily have that access right there? Augmented reality and mixed reality can bring knowledge at the point of need and make sure that something is done the right way. So for example, Every retailer has distribution and has some type of a supply chain. So one area is in the pick and pack process, making sure that even when it comes to picking, shipping an item and sending it out and getting it to the right place, that whole process is done 100% accurately. And with artificial intelligence laid on top of that, retailers can also make sure that the shrinkage factor is reduced throughout their supply chain. Also at the retail level inside of the stores, we've seen mixed reality provide a lot of great feedback for making sure that product placement is correct to optimize sales. So for example, augmented reality can allow the person in the retail store to validate their product placement by having immediate reach back to expertise that's not necessarily at the store with them. So in the past, that would have been almost a a project in itself and various meetings to arrive at a point where those sorts of decisions would be made. But we're saying that the person in the store can actually do that there and then. Yes. At the essence, you're absolutely right. At the essence, mixed reality exponentially reduces the time of knowledge transfer between many different parties, no matter wherever they are located throughout the world. So the time normally that you get on a phone call and ask a question and you have a conception in your mind because you're talking, but not necessarily visualizing something, that's gone. And now you have actual real time, not just two-dimensional, not just audio or two-dimensional video, but you have a three and even actually four dimensional experience that pretty much takes, let's say what would take normally hours, days, weeks, and even months and shrinks that down to minutes for many different processes along the product life cycle. Yeah, that's fascinating. So we're saying tens, 20 years, 30, 40 years ago, 
people, for example, with an engineering background could move to work from one factory to another factory. And essentially they would have those background skills to learn a new job. They'd have that foundation now with the pace of changes so rapid that people will move around much more and there'll be many more different jobs that have not even been invented yet. And so you have to find ways of skilling people. It's not a lack of skill, it's what that's needed to do that job that's quite new. And they couldn't possibly have gained from elsewhere because it's an innovative business, for example. And you're absolutely right. It's the pace of technology and it's the pace of business change that is driving tremendous momentum and need for not necessarily the technology of mixed reality, but the need for that knowledge instantaneously, wherever you are in the world. And the best technology that fits that need, that business need, is mixed reality. I can give you a really uh, relevant example that affects all of us right now, and that is COVID. So currently, because of COVID, in the healthcare industry, hospitals and any healthcare facility are at capacity and more. And every person working on the healthcare front lines has had to move up a level in their skill sets or their position, regardless of whether or not they're ready. So they don't necessarily have time to train as in the past when they would have a certain amount of instruction training or mentoring. So there is more need now that there's COVID. There's a desperate need and there is zero time to train. So a surgery room is a perfect example. In a surgical room, you have lots and lots of very highly technical equipment and information coming. And the practitioners, let's say the the nurses and the folks working in the surgical room don't necessarily have the expertise for all of the technical equipment that they're working with. They need reach back and they don't necessarily have it today. This is all over the world. So, So how do they get caught that? They can make a phone call. A phone call is not enough. A video call is not enough because you're still looking at a two-dimensional environment. But if you have a mixed reality-enabled device and software that has video and voice and audio and annotation in a three-dimensional environment that can bring expertise into the surgical room from any physician in the world and multiple physicians in the world, then you have the ability to instantaneously solve the issue eliminate mistakes, increase the knowledge of the technicians or nurses or assistants that are actually working in the surgical rooms and save lives. This is why it's so critical right now. This is why the world really needs to adopt mixed reality in the right way. Yeah. And in the past, there was a career path and pay scales and training and development that would all take place over a number of years. And now you're saying that in a stroke has been eliminated. So everyone has the opportunity in a way to just move up. Exactly. There's just no time to train. You've mentioned in a previous talk about this sort of 2D world of the internet, and there's been unbelievable progress in that department. But it's also presented an awful lot of challenges as well in delivering digital transformation. Obviously, the COVID situation at the moment is extremely challenging. If it is possible to put a positive view on it, it does create a lot of opportunity for people to learn very, very rapidly. And it seems that what we call the 4D world of mixed reality sort of offers up a real opportunity here for people to really enjoy their jobs as well. Absolutely. 
we see that so much these days where the demands that we're now needing to place on the younger generation that's just entering the job force, they need the skills. And you know, what's the best way to provide those skills in a way that they can understand? And the great thing about mixed reality is that it's highly intuitive. It doesn't require that I memorize everything. It doesn't require yeah. that I have to, you know, have those 30 years of experience with 50 different systems and types because I can get that knowledge instantaneously through my mixed reality device, through overlays, through assistance, through artificial intelligence, through gathering the right data at the right time through the use of it, the internet of things. So all of these different technologies are evolving and have culminated in a way that uplifts and makes the job of any worker much easier. And therefore they're more successful. And when we're successful, it's fun. Nobody likes to fail at their job, right? Um, And it's fun because, you know, knowing that you have that, I guess, in a way, superpower really makes it exciting. It's really been an interesting road for us because we've been in the training and knowledge access industry world. Um, You know, as a software engineering company, we've been doing this for many years. And what we're finding Every time we develop a system, we always test it for how well it performs. And it's always about the user, the user's performance, user's experience of the system. And what we've found is that from the evolution of using mentors, human beings, which will always be needed, we always need that expertise, to having PDF files, Word documents to read, to videos, to now mixed reality, we're seeing that the user satisfaction of using mixed reality when they're on their job is from a scale of one to 10, we're generally seeing statistics of 9.5 to 10 when it's done and implemented correctly, because it's really about empowering the user. Yes, removing that struggle that we've all had when we're trying to learn new jobs over the years. The world of work is so complex these days, just being trained, that gets you so far, but then it's still about understanding what you're supposed to be doing in the context of the strategy and vision of the company. And we're really talking about going somewhere completely different, aren't we, with this technology? We really are. Virtual reality is really great in that it builds up muscle memory because you're performing something over and over. You're performing it in essentially a simulated training environment that's enclosed. You're not actually doing the work. You're getting trained for the work. In augmented reality... In mixed reality, you have the ability to combine the training and the actual performance of the job together. And what it does for the user, the reason it makes your job more fun is because it eliminates that fear factor that, oh, gosh, am I going to (laughs) remember? Am I going to remember what to do next? I haven't performed this ever or I did this. I remember I did this two years ago or in a training. You know, when you're talking about processes and tasks where you've got highly expensive equipment or highly expensive, let's say, highly critical tasks that could involve safety of life, as well as you know tasks that are infrequently performed, all of a sudden, mixed reality is, when it's implemented right, I'm literally seeing a return on investment on the very first use of the application, very first use. I've never seen that before. With any other type of training or job performance aid, I've never seen that before in the 17-year history that Avatar 
partners has been doing business. So it's incredibly wonderful to be able to bring that to our customers. It's always worth remembering as well that even for a very, very mature organization, tasks can be extremely risky and, and errors are really, really expensive. And you bring up a really good point. Augmented and mixed reality, they're not the silver bullet. You don't need something as, let's say, sophisticated as mixed reality for simple tasks that are performed over and over and over. It's really for when there's large stakes involved and when you're looking to really streamline and lean out your enterprise. And what we're seeing also that is that there are complications that arise in large enterprises when they're implementing mixed reality as part of their digital transformation strategy. So the big thing that we see there is we see large organizations, and I'm talking about multi-billion dollar organizations that are trying their hardest to use mixed reality in the right way. They start with a small prototype. They might do it in two, three, five, six, ten different groups and see what's working and what isn't. And then when they go to put that prototype in reality, when they go to put that prototype into production, what they find is it doesn't work because generally speaking, when you go into production, there are a lot of changes that need to be made in the very beginning, especially the first couple few months. So how do you manage change? How do you deal with the configuration management aspect of mixed reality across the enterprise? Instead of having all of these siloed mixed reality applications that have been built by different business units. So there is a need for a cohesive roadmap or plan that makes it so that you don't get stuck in prototype inertia. There needs to be a plan that allows enterprises to seamlessly have a plan and roll it out in a way that hits the biggest head herders first it's that immediate ROI, like I said, from the yeah. first use and builds on that and where users can see not only how effective it's being, not only how much money that the company might be making or saving, but also how fun it is for the user. How does Avatar support digital leaders within organizations to bring these opportunities into production and avoid some of those pitfalls? Different companies are at different stages within the mixed reality implementation within their digital transformation strategy. It really depends on the use case. So generally speaking, Avatar either provides or works with its business partners who are, let's say, a digital transformation consultancy who can take a look at the areas in the company where there's the biggest losses where there's no room for training, but training needs to happen, where they have no expertise, but they must have expertise. The first step and the most effective step is to first, you know, have that initial assessment, the business assessment, the gap analysis, and then applying that to where and how mixed reality can be the most effective and taking it step by step. And generally a crawl, walk, run approach is a very good idea because then it proves that proves it out to both leadership as well as to the user and it builds upon itself the momentum builds upon itself and what we're finding is that once 
mixed reality is adopted in production and changes the operational model of the organization, they see that that operational change may have just saved them millions of dollars from one simple mixed reality implementation. So then we take that and move into the next challenge and then into the next challenge. Yeah, so you're really starting with what the real problems are and where the potential for savings are. Because I can imagine that the solutions on offer are so compelling that things can gather a momentum of their own and kind of jump past really understanding what the real problems are if you're not careful. Absolutely. Another really important factor, especially for large enterprise organizations, is that they need to look at the cost of sustainment, mixed reality solutions. As the sustainment cost of any software is generally speaking two-thirds of the cost of the entire solution over its life cycle. So we want to take a very critical look at that. And the best way to, to know that is to make sure that the implementation is done correctly up front the first time. So it's really important to have technology that enforces the standards and templatizes the mixed reality experience that is best for the user or that company for, and that industry, and that they can roll across a standardized system across that allows for real-time instantaneous updates and distribution and make sure there's a single point of truth. You don't have different systems deployed at the same time, which isn't necessarily 100% accurate as well as when you're making updates, that those are fast and rapid. So when we originally got into mixed reality, do a lot of work with the Department of Defense, with military, the first question they ask is, what's the cost of sustainment? So they they saw the radical changes that can occur. They saw the the millions of dollars that they could save, the, the lives that they could save by having the elimination of errors for example, for on maintenance of aircraft equipment. And they said, that's great, but let's look at this five years down the road, what's it gonna really cost me? And so what we did was we built a system, an environment, a foundation called Simplify XR that essentially allows the user and the enterprise to make iterative rapid changes as configuration changes occur in the uh, aircraft or in components and subcomponents and so forth, so that you're not having to reinvent the wheel. You're able to reuse systems. Let's say you have a worldwide organization and a team of hundreds of engineers that are working on these systems. They're all able to pass the application and the maintenance of the mixed reality application between engineers without having any downtime confusion or change in the standards. On this podcast series, we've been discussing knowledge management and e-learning. Is what you're saying here, we have to really think of it as a knowledge management system, which is then deployed through a mixed reality solution. So you have to really think about once the solution has been delivered, how you're going to maintain it and keep it current as the business itself changes. Exactly. What would be the one thing you'd like us to take away from our conversation today, Marlo? Companies that are not looking at mixed reality now are going to have big problems. Right. It's a very competitive industry. We are in an economic slump and it's probably going to get worse. That's what they're forecasting. And mixed reality not only saves money, but can help companies make money. And 
it needs to be done correctly. So let's say the critical takeaway is do your homework first, have people who know what they're doing and have done it before outline a path forward and then implement that in a methodical way. An eye on the fact that prototypes don't necessarily do much when they don't go to production. So what we're seeing is that we want to bypass the prototype phase. We want to just go straight into a production system that's going to work the first time around successfully. And when you have, you know, that gap analysis done up front in advance and you're working with the best technologies out there in the market that can ensure low cost sustainment, you've got a winning combination. That's a great note to end on. And what's the best way of contacting you, Marlo, if we'd like to learn more about mixed reality solutions and how Avatar can help? I would say our website, avatarpartners.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Thanks very much for joining us, Marlo. It's been really, really interesting to talk to you. Thank you so much. Likewise, Duncan. This podcast series is produced by Mark Gardner and Catherine Cunning at Oxford Sound Studios, Oxford, UK.